You're listening to episode 28 of the We Get the Runs podcast. In this episode, we'll talk to Angie and Trevor from the Marathon Training Academy about running a marathon in every state of the country. Welcome to the We Got the Runs podcast. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey, runners, welcome to episode 28 of our podcast. My name is Letty Lundquist, and I am your host. Today is December 3rd, and finally, it feels like Christmas in Florida. I think that happened because last week we've had some colder temperatures. We saw something in the 40s and 50s, although just in the morning time. And of course, all of us are getting out our cold weather running gear and our boots to have an excuse to wear them. But also because once you live down here, you really get used to that hot temperature. But at least now we know Christmas is coming. We've been doing all sorts of things to try to get us into the Christmas mood, decorating the tree, shopping. And um, as you guys know, we had an episode last week about holiday gifts. We had received more than 100 comments on gift ideas from our running community. So we put that in. So if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you give it a listen. Also, our new website, which is wgtr.us, not.com. On our website, if you go to the tab that's called shopping or shop, you can see that we have created some designs available on apparel, such as tank tops, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, you name it. And then of course, also miscellaneous items such as mugs, fanny packs, dog shirts, and even masks. So we have created, for example, a unicorn and underneath it says future be cure and some other ones such as runner in English and Spanish. Uh, also Marathoner 26.2, 13.1, Non-Elite, which is kind of fun, and No Days Off. We're constantly updating designs, so make sure you check that out. All right, enough about Christmas gifts. Let's jump into our topic. Today, we're going to talk about running a marathon in every state of the country, so running the 50 states marathons. And for my guests, I'm super excited that I was able to bring on Angie and Trevor from the Marathon Training Academy and Marathon Training Academy podcast, probably the most popular running podcast out there. I don't think those two require much of an introduction. Everybody knows that Angie runs a run coaching business. Hmm, that's a mouthful. But it was super fun to talk to her and Trevor about traveling the 50 states to run a marathon in each one of those states, especially now during a time where we can't really travel much. So without any further ado, I'm now going to play you my interview with Angie and Trevor. All right, so I'm here with Angie and Trevor from the Marathon Training Academy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it's exciting. We're ready to go. Angie got her run in this morning and I got my cup of coffee. So now we're, we're our, good to go. Our brains are working. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right. So for those, uh, those few people that don't know you, can you guys tell us about yourselves and um, your running company and everything that you do? Yeah. Well, we have Marathon Training Academy and I think most people know us through our podcast, which we've been hosting for 10 years called the Marathon Training Academy podcast. It's kind of a mouthful. So <laughs> most people just say MTA podcast. And when we started the show, I was pretty new to running. I had, had uh, maybe done a 5k and I built up to my first half marathon and we kind of documented my journey. Um, 
and uh, then up to a marathon. And Angie was coaching me and encouraging me because she had done marathons and she's a registered nurse. I'll let her tell you your audience about herself. But the show was started with the premise of you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life because we really feel like the training for long distance running is transformational uh, because of the discipline you have to endure, the, the changes in one's mindset. Uh, for anyone listening who's done a marathon, you know the last six miles can be just excruciating or maybe even the last half of a marathon and a lot of it's mental. So we've seen a, just the mental toughness that runners have, long distance runners, um, carry over into other aspects of life. And so we had this theory that it's life-changing and it's proven to be true. Uh, at least our audience members have told us over and over again that uh, they didn't believe it at first, but then after they ran their first marathon, now they think it's true. Yeah, that's right. Um, I kind of experienced that myself. I ran my first marathon back in 2008. And at the time, I didn't have any friends who were runners. I didn't know anyone who'd run a marathon. It was kind of just one of those personal challenges that I set for myself. Um, I had two little kids at the time, and we had moved across the country, and I was just feeling really stuck and not sure like what the next phase of my life was going to look like. Uh, and as an introvert, I need plenty of time by myself to get out and be able to think. And of course, when you have little kids, you don't get a lot of time to think. <laughs> so um, right, running for me was primarily a chance to clear my mind. Obviously, it had great physical benefits as well. And so I thought, yeah, you know, I'm going to run a marathon and it'll just be something that will be really challenging and good. Of course, I knew nothing about running at the time. And so I did everything wrong. And got some of the newer injuries that runners get and, um, you know, managed to muddle my way through and did finish my first marathon. And it was painful and wonderful all at the same time. And I knew when I crossed that finish line that I would do it again. But I wanted to be able to do it better because I had had some IT band issues. Um, for those who don't know what that is, it kind of manifests as pain on the outside of the knee typically. And so I had to take a little bit of time off that first marathon after that first marathon to um, kind of regroup and figure out how I was going to approach this better. And so then when I ran my second marathon, I was a lot smarter about it in my training. I incorporated cross training and made sure that I was wearing proper shoes and taking rest days, you know, all those good things that <laughs> um, I take for granted now. Um, and so I was able to finish my second marathon sub four, which was my goal. And then my, one of my sisters wanted to run a marathon. And so I thought, you know, I need to get like kind of distill what I've learned the hard way, um, to get that across to her so she doesn't have to go through so many of the struggles that I did. And at the time, Trevor was wanting to start a podcast um, about running. And so it kind of intersected there, being able to distill that information, especially for beginners and I said, you know, if we're going to do this podcast, you have to start running because, you know, he really knew nothing about running. And I said, if it's just me talking about running stuff, it's going to be completely boring. You know, you have to be able to like join in the conversation. Um, so that's kind of how it got started in the beginning. That's awesome. So Trevor is all your idea, I guess. That's right. He's the idea yep. guy. I talked her into doing the podcast and she talked me into training for a marathon. So. <laughs> That kind of makes sense, though. You're going to have to, you know, run to have a running podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I just figured that she would be the expert and I would just ask her dumb questions 
and that would be our show. And that's <laughs> what could go wrong. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> nice. So you started running, you did your marathon as you stated, and then you continued running more and more marathons and um, you actually ended up doing 50 marathons in 50 states. So congratulations. But how did you have this crazy idea? Because it involves so much. Yeah. Well, like all crazy ideas, they start small. You know, it starts with, I'm going to run one marathon and then I'm going to try to, you know, go sub four. And I think it was at my uh, fourth marathon when I was sitting around before the race and I saw these ladies that had shirts that said marathon maniacs. And so I just kind of asked them about their shirts. Like, what does that mean? Marathon maniacs. And so they said, oh, it's a club where you have to run a certain number of marathons to join. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, so how do you join? And they said, well, to get to the basic level, you have to run either two marathons in two weeks or three marathons in 90 days. And I was like, what? People actually do that? <laughs> and so I was like, started making excuses like, oh, I have two little kids. Actually, I had three kids at that time. I had a baby. So we had three little boys. And I was like, there's no way that I would have time to do that many marathons, you know? And they're like, oh, you'd be surprised at the people who are able to do this. You know, it just all comes down to deciding you want it and going after it and making the time for it. And so like that seed was planted in my head at that point. So I decided that fall I was going to try to qualify for Marathon Maniacs. And so I ended up running three marathons in less than 90 days. And it was tough, of course. Um, but then I felt really proud of myself. And I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And then, of course, your mind goes to like, what else could I do? And there was another club called the 50 State Club where people ran a marathon in each of the 50 states. And I thought, oh, that would be really cool. You know, like, maybe I'll get around to it someday, you know, kind of just see how this marathon journey takes me and everything. Well, you know, we, we kind of started... After, you know, with the business, we kind of decided that we would include race recaps in our podcast. And, you know, it was a good excuse to travel because Trevor and I both love to, to see the country and the world and things like that. So it just kind of became its own thing. And, you know, I started trying to knock off states as I was able to do them. That's awesome. So you're kind of already said it that you didn't really give yourself a time frame. You didn't say, oh, I'm going to do this within one year, two years, three years. You just said, okay, I'm going to get around to it eventually, which is probably the smartest thing. I have two kids of my own. So I know it's pretty hard to manage all that drama. But um, what about family? Did, was it hard to get your family on board? And uh, were you planning on traveling to those races by yourself or a mix? Or how are you trying to do that? Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. I mean, Trevor was easy to get on board. He's like a big thinker, like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's travel. And at, at, we were living in Missouri at the time. So right in the middle of the U.S. And it was pretty convenient because we would just hit all the states around Missouri. I think there are eight states that border Missouri and plus others that are pretty close to get to. So when we go back and look at Angie's Marathon map, um, it starts like in Missouri, Tennessee, Illinois, and then sort of just branches out from there. And then we, uh, she finished up some of the more difficult to get to states um, <laughs> later on. But we would take our kids. Our kids were um, pretty young. I think our, our two oldest boys were in school, but our youngest was still a baby. And so we would just take the kids away for a weekend. We had a hotel company that became a sponsor of the podcast, which was just serendipitous. So we would, could stay at this hotel and uh, they had branches all over. And I remember we were, we were gone so many 
days that we eventually got it started getting letters from uh, the school that said your kids can't <laughs> they can't miss any more school even though they had A's and we were making it into educational trips you know we we, we took the kids to state capitals and to museums and stuff which they just loved all kids love museums as everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> So we were in fear of the truant officer. We had to cut back on the traveling a little bit. Yeah. So as, as I got to some of the states that were harder to get to, then I often would, you know, fly by myself. It kind of just depended on, you know, if the kids were in school uh, for a lot of summers, we would take um, hook up a camper behind our suburban and we would just take off for the whole summer and try to hit as many states as we could while we visited family and, of course, went to things like national parks. So, yeah. you know, we tried to include the family as much as possible and make it, make it fun, make it a way to see the country and not just, you know, be there 100% for the race. Yeah, we oh. actually drove to Alaska from Pennsylvania because we moved to Pennsylvania three years ago. And to get Alaska done, Angie found a race in Juneau. So we drove our uh, camper all the way from Pennsylvania to Alaska. It was 9,000 miles there and back. Just gorgeous drive. And of course, Juneau is an island. So we drove up to Skagway, Alaska, which makes it requires you to go up through British Columbia and then Yukon. And then you'd go down to uh, Skagway. And then we put the, the whole camper and everything on a ferry and took a ferry to Juneau, stayed there. Angie ran her marathon. And then we did the whole thing in reverse to get back home. <laughs> My goodness, that sounds like an awesome road trip. Just, you know, everything that you see, but 9,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's two <months>. a lot. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So it sounds like you did. How long did it take you to complete all these um, marathons? How many years? From my first one till my final 50th state, it took 12 years. Mm -hmm. So I just finished up in January of 2020. So Wow. That's, I mean, that is a lot. And I'm sure it comes with a bunch of high and low points. So maybe we can dig into the low points a little bit. Anytime did you get frustrated about your goal that you had set yourself out? For example, I can imagine myself at marathon 25 at mile 18 of that marathon getting really angry. Why did I do this? And also, I'm sure that not all states, and no offense to anyone, are as fun to travel to, perhaps. <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit about some of the low points that you experienced? Yeah, I think that's a great point because as long-distance runners, we know that not every run is enjoyable. Some training runs are just a complete slog and you're like, why am I doing this? You know, this is, why didn't I pick a different hobby? <laughs> um, so, there were certainly points like that. I think, you know, once I put my goal out into the world, especially when you have um, a listening audience, it's kind of like, oh, now I can't really back out. <laughs> and I'm not really the type of person who tends to back out of things. I'm pretty stubborn once I set my mind to something. But yeah, there were, there were definitely some times that got really challenging. There were some marathons where I would get to mile 20 and I'd be like, okay, just 
finish this marathon and you never have to run another marathon again. Like I would just promise myself that like finish this race and it's done. You know, we'll just forget this ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, you know, you cross the finish line, you get your medal and you know, like a couple hours later, you're eating this great post-race meal and you're like, oh, that was awesome. You know, like (laughs) race am I going to sign up for next? (laughs) Um, And there were a few years where I did quite a few marathons each year. So I will say that my body got pretty worn down just between the travel and the races and things like that. Um, I remember one marathon in Nebraska, it was in May, and it was just unseasonably hot for that time of year. You know, you kind of train through the winter, so you're used to cold weather runs, and then you get to race day and it's like 82 degrees. And I just am not a hot weather runner. It was really challenging for me. And so I just... I felt like I just suffered that whole race. And there was, you know, like ambulances taking people away who were overheating. And it was just one of those like kind of death marches. You're like, I just have to finish this on my own two feet. So like you said, there were some marathons, you know, for no fault of the race itself that were just pretty miserable and that you just have to kind of put your head down and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to try to not die. (laughs) Right. I can only imagine. And especially also when it comes to training, because hopping from one training cycle into the next one's got to have been pretty hard. So I'm kind of curious, were you relying, you know, as a long distance runner, you know, in your head, you can probably power through a marathon, whether or not you trained for the last three months, but were you kind of doing the Trevor approach, which is more non-training plan or your own approach where you really stick with something and do it? Well, a couple years into the podcast, I did become an official running coach. I um, got certified through the Roadrunners Club of America and also USA Track and Field. So I really am the type of person who likes to, when I dig into something, I really want to do it well. And I want to be giving good advice to people who are listening to you know the podcast as well. Um, so I have, and I'm the type of person who likes to follow a plan. So I would make a plan out for myself. Um, but when you're doing, you know, like seven to nine marathons a year, you don't have time to go through a three to four month training cycle. So you kind of always stay in marathon shape. And so a lot of the time it would look like training for the first marathon. And then I would do what I'd call a reverse taper. So I would, you know, take a period of rest and then kind of build up to my normal running days per week and maybe have time for a long run or two before tapering for the next marathon. So it was kind of a cycle of, you know, you get ready for the first one, you do your race, then you reverse taper, and then you do your next marathon, and then you reverse taper. And it's kind of this, you know, like peaks and valleys in your training. So it's, it's kind of unusual. Um, and I will say that I wasn't always as good about some of the ancillary things that you should be doing, like your strength training and things like that. Um, So, you know, I was, some of the marathons were pretty rough just because I was not giving myself the kind of rest that I needed at that time. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of responsibilities with kids and our business and different areas. And a a pregnancy, a miscarriage. Yes. um, During that time um, I was pregnant with our fourth child and lost the baby at 18 um, weeks. So I had to go through recovery from that. So there, you know, there were definitely some bumps along the way, um, but I think, you know, the training and the races is something that uh, was really good for me psychologically. Um, and, and overall, it really helped me realize I was a lot tougher than I thought I was. And I think that's one thing that I like to pass on to others is that you can do way more than you think you can. 
And as you go through challenges, as you go through failures, as you go through things that didn't quite go the way you wanted them to, you realize just how resilient you actually are. And it helps um, with other things in life. Yeah, that's so true. So that's obviously something to take away that could be a high point. And I want to talk about some other high points. But um, one of them I wanted to mention is that you actually seem to have gotten really, really fast and especially your last marathon. So what was your finishing time for that marathon? Um, yeah, my 50th state uh, was in Hawaii. So we kind of saved a good one for last. <laughs> um, and my finishing time was 31955. So That's it amazing. was, yeah, it was a, at 41. Yeah, it was a nine minute and 23 second PR for me, which was pretty significant and, you know, very exciting way to finish out this challenge. That's awesome. Congratulations. So obviously, <laughs> huge high point finishing, you're done with it, you're in Hawaii. And then that's the end of, of that whole 50 state marathon trail, you're all the pressure is gone. But tell us some other ones. What other highlights do you have? What, which ones were your favorite races? And uh, why? Wow, there's it's kind of like trying to pick your favorite child, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them. Um, I guess, my home state is Montana. So we did the Missoula Marathon a few years ago. And that was a real highlight just because I love to be in Montana. It's gorgeous. And it's such a well put on race. And I'm really fond of like races that have really good finish line food because I'm always starving when I finish. So they had like a great spread. They had a great medal. It was, you know, a lot of high points with that one. Um, trying to think what else. Marine Corps Marathon is another one of my favorite ones. Like I rarely repeated a marathon during this process just because I was trying to do new states and, and experience different races. But I did the Marine Corps Marathon twice during this journey just because the atmosphere is just so amazing there. Um, it's really inspiring. She's, so. she's mixed it up. So big city marathons um, like Chicago, like Marine Corps, like she said, but also trail marathons she's done. She actually did a trail 50 miler in Wisconsin. That was her Wisconsin state because anything above a marathon counts. So why not just do 50 miles, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and small town races. She did one in Nevada outside of Las Vegas where she decided to race walk. So like official race walking, try to uh, keep one foot on the ground at all time and still did pretty well. What did you finish that one in like? Uh, 531, I think. Yeah. Well, um, and then it's walking. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> and then kind <laughs> of a long speed. Go, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I am a, a fast really, walker. So it was, she's an annoyingly fast walker. <laughs> that's why we can't go on walks together. <laughs> He's annoyingly slow. So. <laughs> kind of during this journey too, I made it a goal to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And it was, it was challenging. I um, didn't qualify until my 25th marathon. Um, so when I finally qualified for the first time, I was doing a small marathon in Oregon on Savi Island. It's called the Foot Traffic Flat. And it was just one of those races where I was just in the flow. I don't know what happened. I just felt amazing. And I kept looking down at my watch thinking, I'm running too fast. And this is going to come back and bite me in the butt here sometime. But it never did. And I remember seeing Trevor in the last couple of miles. And he's like, you're going to qualify for Boston. And I was like, maybe if I don't trip or something, you know, I had like this, I didn't want to let myself believe it. Um, but that was definitely a high when I was able to qualify for the first time. And then the next year, run the Boston Marathon, which is, of course, just 
you know, a, a dream for many, many runners. See, most, most of these races I went to and did the half marathon because I like to think that I'm the smart one in the family. I only have to run half the distance, go <laughs> get a medal, and then I can go like take a shower and relax for two hours while Angie finishes. That is kind of smart, actually, if I think about it now. <laughs> yep, you still I, get all the perks. You just have to put on all these miles. Exactly. I, I, get, I finish and I'm like, man, I feel sorry for, for her. She's still going to be out there for... <laughs> There's many races, you know, where they make you pass the half marathon finish line and then you have to go out as a marathoner and you're like, what was I thinking? Should have signed up for the half. (laughs) Wow. But no, I mean, you finished it and you ended up doing it. Do you um, tell other people that you, this is actually something you recommend? Um, Trying to run a marathon in all 50 states? Yes. I think it's a great goal for, for people who love marathons, who love to travel. Obviously, it's logistically challenging. Um, But I think if you give yourself time and, you know, kind of spread it out over a few years, it can be really, really enjoyable. And it's a great way to uh, kind of force yourself to visit places that you might not otherwise visit. You know, people think, oh, what's in Iowa or, you know, what's in some of the states in the Midwest or, you know, some of the smaller marathons that I might not have done if I wasn't trying to run a marathon in that state and trying to find one in a particular time frame. So, yeah, I think it's a great goal. Um, I've coached many people who were working on it and I'm always really encouraging um, to do it, you know, and to do it the right way, not to like just do it to check it off your list, but to really enjoy the journey, really enjoy the experience, because I think that's what life is about is it's not just the finish line. It's about um, the journey along the way. That's such a good piece of advice, because I know how easy it would be to just try to cross something off, but then it would make everything else miserable about it. So that that's a really good point. Um, so what's uh, next for you, Angie? What do you have on your bucket list? I know that from your podcast, I know that Trevor might be doing marathons all over Europe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm working on. I've, uh, I've done a couple marathons in Germany, one in Switzerland, the UK. And last year I went to Austria and I was about 20 miles, 21 miles into the marathon. We were going up this mountain called the Hohe Salva. Uh, this is near uh, Zul, Austria, near um, Kitzbühel Ski Resort. I don't know if anybody knows the area, but anyway, we're up in these beautiful mountains in the Alps and it just starts raining and um, starting to snow and the wind is very high, so it gets dangerous, and the visibility is like zero, so they had to shut down the the race. So I only got to about a mile 21 or 22, and they had to close the course. So I'm not counting that as my marathon. So I almost ran a marathon in Austria, and now I have to go back. <laughs> he has to go back, yeah. We would love to travel um, to do more international races. Um, I'm also working on um, – the uh, marathon majors, the seven marathon majors finishing those. And so I still need to do a New York City marathon and the Tokyo marathon. So hopefully sometime in the next few years, I'll be able to accomplish those. By the time we get into the Tokyo marathon, there'll be like two more world marathon majors added. (laughs) Who knows with the travel situation the way it is. Um, And then I would also like to, you know, just kind of keep pushing my limits as far as my marathon PR. I mean, I'm 42 right now, um, but I feel like, you know, maybe I have some more speed in me. I would like to get closer to a three-hour marathon if that was possible. So, you know, I just think I really enjoyed the process of training. For me, it's very satisfying. And I also really have 
developed a love of strength training the last few years. And so that's something that I also really focus on, which I think has helped my not only um, amount of marathons I'm able to do, but also my speed as well. Um, so yeah, I just enjoy the journey. I enjoy um, whatever is going to be in the future, I'm going to be training. Um, and so, you know, this year has been challenging for many, many people because, you know, most races have been shut down. A lot of people kind of feel maybe like their running goals are on hold or the future is uncertain even going into 2021. And so I just want to encourage people to fall in love with the process, fall in love with um, just feeling your body get stronger. And whether there's going to be a race in two months or a race in two years, um, you can still become a better person and a stronger person by what you're doing right now. And so that's kind of my goal for myself is just to keep putting in the work because it gives me so much back in terms of, um, you know, mental and emotional and physical health. And, you know, I think as a running community, we can just encourage each other through this challenging time that, you know, don't give up. It's not a reason to just kind of sit on the couch and, you know, give up on our running goals. Um, it's a reason to use this time to just get stronger personally. That is so true. And you guys have done an amazing job by encouraging all of us in the running community with your virtual races and those awesome medals. I think um, you guys had the first virtual race that I remember seeing everywhere online. And it was the, what was it called? The social distancing run. The social distancing run. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys have done an awesome job by creating all these virtual races. So if you want to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and where to follow you, I would love for you to do that. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to connect with your listeners. Uh, they can go to marathontrainingacademy.com or uh, to check out our podcast. Just search Marathon Training Academy or just Marathon Training in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and it will pop up. And of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Marathon Academy. And if anybody feels like doing a, uh, another virtual race, we've got a hundred mile challenge that is actually more popular than the, the race that you're talking about. So we did that first virtual race in the spring because we had so many people reach out and say, Hey, what do we do? My in-person race is canceled. You guys should do a virtual race. So we, we threw it together and boom, it just like went viral and we had 15,000 people sign up for it and quite a lot of work sending out 15,000 medals all over the world, but wow, <laughs> so it's a, a learning lot. curve. <laughs> And so then uh, people wanted another challenge. So we put together this 100-mile challenge, and that's called the Corona Lisa because now we have a medal that looks like Mona Lisa with a mask, and we call her Corona Lisa. <laughs> and That's awesome. That one's, that one's done really well. We've had um, over 21,000 people around the world take on the Corona Lisa challenge. And it's cumulative. So people can add up their miles to get to the hundred mile point. So it's very accessible for people who are just starting out in their running journey. And also yeah. people who want to challenge themselves by running a hundred miles in a shorter time frame as well. That's awesome. I'm going to actually sign up for that one too. And um, <laughs> you'll, you'll probably be able to run it in one day. That's right. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Give me, give me yeah. at least a month. I'll do it in a month. <laughs> That's Yeah, that's yeah, a great challenge. For sure. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Letty, for speaking with us, uh, letting us come on the podcast, and, and good luck. And good luck to everyone out there listening. Happy running. Stay strong. That's right. All right. All right. Have a good one. Juice. Juice. <laughs> <Cheers. laughs> 
All right. Thanks again, Angie and Trevor, for coming onto my podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation a lot. And to our listeners, I hope that you were inspired by Angie and Trevor as well. Perhaps one of you guys will now also run a marathon in every state. Stay tuned for next week's interview with Alex Hutchinson, the author of the book Endure. Endure is an amazing book about the psychology of the mind for runners. So if you haven't read the book, maybe you can try to read it within a week and then you can uh, appreciate the interview next week a little bit more. And before we wrap it up for today, I'm going to make the weekly phone call that we do to our Australian physiotherapist, Brody Sharp, about one of our listeners' running injuries. So let's place this call right now. Hi, Brody. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, lady. I'm excited to delve into another question. All right. I have one for you from Sunny Delight 27 And he or she says, when I picked up more mileage, my Achilles gets super tight. What can I do? Okay. Um, hi, Sunny. Well, this will just depend on a few circumstances, a few, uh, depend on how long you've had it for, what your usual mileage is like, um, what you're increasing it to. I know you do explain that you've, you've picked up the mileage a bit. Um, this is where it comes into a little bit of muscle adaptation and knowing a little bit more about how your body adapts to a change in load. Um, definitely you'd have a look over the last couple of weeks and see, okay, how much have I increased my mileage by? Have I increased my speed? Have I uh, incorporated any hills or any change in terrain? Because as we know, increasing speed, increasing or doing anything uphill definitely increases a huge spike in demand for the Achilles and will start causing tightness. And the tightness is the the tendons and the muscles just trying to um, recover from the load that you're putting it through. And if you if that is ignored and you continue pushing and pushing and pushing, that's when it can develop into an injury. So at the moment, if it's just super tight, that's okay. We do need to monitor your loads. Um, but similar to the past questions that I've answered, uh, it comes around adaptation, making sure that your training zone and when you're doing your weekly mileage that you're sticking within your adaptation zone. So it's triggering enough for the body to adapt and get stronger, but it isn't too much that the body starts to break down. It's just too much for it to cope and then leads into an injury. So following a nice um, running program or having a running coach that will help you guide you through um, a, a build-up phase in a safe manner would be a good option for you. Um, if Achilles tightness is still persisting, when you do run, just make sure you do a gradual warm up. You probably don't need to do any like static stretches, like st a stretch and hold type of stretches. Just making sure a warm up, a uh, gradual warm up is adequate, and yeah, just making sure we're paying attention to training loads. Okay, and are there any type of exercises to alleviate that tightness that we could maybe talk about? Uh, I think like at the end of a run, doing static stretches might help alleviate things for sometimes a couple of minutes, sometimes an hour, but usually I find that tightness comes back pretty quickly. Um, and we're not necessarily helping heal the body. It's just like settling down like momentary short-term tightness. Um, if we wanted long-term solutions, then uh, it's building up strength. It's making sure you're within the right um, 
like your running program is within the right intensity. And if it, if it does develop into like an Achilles tendon issue, then doing some heavy eccentric calf raises, you might need to um, YouTube exactly what that is, but it's usually just uh, loading up during the down phase of a calf raise uh, does a really good job of, uh, you know, recovering that tendon, increasing the load of that tendon and overall long-term recovery. Perfect. Thank you so much. And how can our listeners get a hold of you if needed? Uh, if you wanted to contact me directly, I do have a new website, runsmarter.online. So there's a contact form there if you want to reach out. And, um, and uh, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much, Brody. You're welcome, Letty. Thank you again, Brody, for so much information that you always provide us with. And if you listeners want to be featured on our podcast with your running-related injury, drop us a message and we will answer your question with Brody on air. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and everybody, please stay warm. Thanks for listening. For training tips, previous podcast episodes, and fun merchandise for runners, please check out our website at wgtr.us. That's wgtr.us. And as always, have a wonderful week of running.